0: Welcome to the Reseller Entrepreneur, the podcast for reseller hobbyists eager to turn reselling into a successful business. Learn from Mike and other reseller entrepreneurs as they share their experiences and tips on running an online business. Here's your host, Old Fashioned Mike. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Welcome to the show. So you've ever picked up anything from me the entire time I've been doing this show, and I think we got about 25, 26 episodes at this point, is you find out that I experiment a lot with my store. And the reason why I do this, of course, is because if you don't do that, you're not going to grow. Uh, or oh, you will grow, but it just, uh, you know, you're never going to find out if there's something else better for you and your uh, and your lifestyle and your, and your business style and so on. So... You know, I've been going through this a lot, and I've been struggling, and I think a lot of people struggle, so I'm just going to go through it, and so I might meander around a little bit like I always do in these episodes, but, um, you know, a lot of us start in clothing, and I I made a decision over the last week, and if you know know that I've been actually experimenting with um, collectibles and paper goods. Uh, largely because they're easily storable and you can grow pretty rapidly and the pie cost is low. And there's a million reasons, right? So uh, I I did that. But what kind of pushed me over the edge recently is some of the moves that eBay is making around um, making it cheaper for you to list collectibles. So, um, of course, the downside of collectibles has always been, you know, have to have knowledge. And um, that knowledge is constantly changing. You're kind of constantly chasing kind of the information out there. And um, so, well, anyway. So the announcement I have is, is that I am gonna stop selling clothing. Well, stop is probably the strong word. I am gonna stop buying clothing Uh, and I, you know, obviously the work has been done with all the stuff that I have in inventory, so I'm just going to sell it out and I'm just going to focus completely on collectibles. And what really pushed me over the edge is what eBay did recently is that they just made the 75,000 limit, uh, for premium store owners. I think it's 50,000 for, for basic stores, 75,000 for premium stores and a hundred thousand for, anchor stores, uh, something like that. You can go on online and take a look. But, um, what really pushed me over the edge there is, is that, is that, you know, I just upgraded to an, uh, to an anchor store, $300 a month, uh, you know, probably about six months ago, five months ago, whatever. And now 75,000 listings for a, uh, my level. And so that pushed me over the edge. And so, you know, I said, okay, well, let's, let's just take a little experiment here and let's buy a bunch of stuff. Um, cause I do have the knowledge, fortunately, um, acquired, uh, you know, for over the past couple of years, but, uh, I have the knowledge of certain collectibles and you can go to my store if you want to go take a look what those collectibles are. But, you know, uh, if you don't know what my store is, then, you, you know, you've got to go listen to old episodes. And you'll hear me talk about my old store and then you can, uh, go take a look anyway. Um, but I found that there's so many good things about doing that, so I bought a bunch, and I started listing them. And you know, I'll give you a really good example. I have a warehouse, like I said, 700 square feet, and I have about 5,000 pieces of clothing in inventory, roughly. You know, and then I have some other stuff too. But so I have, in the size of a shoebox, 500 listings of of my particular collectible. And so, as you can imagine, just let I me mean, do the math. I mean, 10 of those boxes, 10 shoe boxes. I mean, I have more than 10 pairs of shoes uh, in one bin. Um, you know, Imagine having shoe, 10 shoe boxes and have just as much inventory as you do um, in an entire warehouse. So, that's kind of really pushed me over the edge because, obviously, I, I started doing the math and started realizing, okay, I'm getting too big. And having clothing, you need to cross list. You. If you are a clothing seller, and if you love being a clothing seller, I'm not trying to dissuade you from doing that. Just understand that you'll have some limitations. And I think that's a lot of people who are kind of doing this for a very long time. Sometimes they have a tendency to go to other types of selling because they say, well, I can only get so big selling clothes. And that's true. I think that's so they go into wholesaling and do a bunch of other things. Um, but if you're in collectibles and if you really know what you're doing and you really have to know what you're doing, let's just be very, very clear. If you don't know what you're doing, you should not be in any kind of collectible. Um, but you can't, you can't scale to the level that you want to scale to make a huge income. Now, if you, you can make 100000 bucks. So if you're selling clothes, you're probably capped out hundred and twenty-five to $150,000, let's say. And that is um, that's fine. I mean, listen, that's that's what most people want. So I think that that's perfect. If you want to replace an income and you're making forty fifty thousand dollars a year right now in your job, and you want to replace it um, with forty or fifty thousand, it is easy to do with clothing. You, can, I mean, it is a no brainer. If you in a, are in an area where you can get the clothing, you should have no problem uh, making that, and you can easily clear a hundred thousand uh, selling clothing. Um, that's when I say clear, that means of all, uh, after that's your net profit after all your expenses, then of course you have to pay your income tax and so on. But, you know, but you can do that. It's very, very simple. Well, it's easy to do. Um, I would say it's not simple because you have to go out and do the work. Right. So, but in collectibles, if you really want to make a million dollars a year, you can, and you know, it's going to take a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. You're going to have to put as just as much work in to make a million dollars a year than you would if you were to try to make that at a job and a million dollars a year is probably overreaching. So let's not, let's not be, let's be realistic. quarter million dollars a year. You can make quarter million dollars a year with, uh, with a heavy effort, a full-time effort in the collectibles market. You know, obviously if you deal with very, very high level, high dollar collectibles, you know, you could probably do better even. So i uh, bet you then of course the knowledge and, uh, the costs and so on associated with that is, is much, you know, greater right? But if you're selling collectibles anywhere from, you know, 10 to hundred dollars, let's say, I mean, you could pull in a quarter million dollars in, uh, in a full-time income, uh, with no real problem. And I'm doing that because I, am doing the math and I'm starting to see stuff. So I, in the past, you know, let's say I'll call it two months at this point, I started listing the, this particular collectible. I, uh, my sales, uh, have been dramatically higher i have probably about 600 listings 700 listings in this collectible right now and i'm selling 10 15 a day um and i'm going to go through the numbers with you in a minute um, and i'm going to kind of pause and and let you get to the website that i'm going to direct you to and then you can uh then we'll do the numbers together and i'll give you an illustration but the profitability the buy cost everything just makes a lot of total sense for me um Now, uh, the downside of course, that is that, um, you know, (laughs) I mean, I mean, you got to find the stuff and you're not going to be able to go out into a thrift store and just kind of meander in and buy a bunch of things and then leave and then list them. You just can't do that. You have to know, uh, who you're purchasing from. You got to find the inventory. It's a little bit more of a hunt. Um, but one of the things that really pushed me towards it is that, you know, I've seen some of the big names in YouTube and the big names. In uh, well, mostly YouTube, um, but you know, podcasts and things like that. They're talking constantly about how they're hunting and they're, and that oh, I made fifteen dollars in there, I made twenty bucks here, and or oh, I made one hundred and fifty dollars in this thing, but they're hunting, and you know, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a farmer, so, um, (laughs) so I just don't want to be in their their position. I don't think what they're doing is sustainable anymore than being a uh, a massive clother clothier is going to be sustainable. So let me be very, very clear. I'm not dissuading anybody from just going on the clothes route. I mean, I definitely think you need to start there, but I think you're going to get to a point just like I am. And frankly, the reason why, why it sounds like I'm a hypocrite here, because I think probably three months ago, I was saying how great clothes are, but the reality is, is that you can only get so big and if you're fine with that size, great. And by the way, you could break that size by getting a bigger space, hiring more employees, doing that kind of stuff. And if that's not what you want to do, though, you need to kind of figure how things are going to work um, if you want to grow or if you want to stay under about 100000 $150,000, you can do it. So, you know, like I said, don't let me dissuade you from going the closed route. It's certainly the easiest to get into. It's certainly the easiest to find inventory. It's certainly the easiest to find people who are wanting to get out of the business or changing up their their business or just getting out of the business altogether. And they can buy the inventory. I mean, just, there's tons of places. And they're just, you know, obviously, if you're in the middle of the country, maybe you're not. Maybe it's not as easy. But, you know, barring that, uh, you can do that. And I found... The funny thing is, I now that I say that, um, I find that people in the collectibles market um have a tendency to be those in the middle of America largely because they don't have the ability to go out to thrift stores. Anyway, so I'm meandering. So let's go to a website now. All right, so give me one second here and then I'm gonna uh I'm gonna pause this for a second, then I'll come back and we'll go through a website. Okay. I'm now at salecalc.com. That's S-A-L-E-C-A-L-C.com. And we've talked about this before. And what sale calc is, is it's a, a calculator, an eBay calculator. So you can kind of calculate your profitability when you sell an item. All right. So we're going to do two items. So put up two tabs and I'll wait for you a second here while I do it here. We've got two tabs, all right? One tab, you're going to do your current inventory and that's going to say that's clothing for me. Right. And then I'm going to put another tab and I'm going to do my, uh, my item that I, that I sell. All right. So right now my, I put it as a buy it now price. So if you're in the top box here, it says buy it now price I put $25. That's kind of average for me of my sale. It's really 2541 or whatever, but you know, say, let's just say 25 bucks to make it easy. The number easy. I don't charge for shipping because that's kind of required uh, in the clothing market. It's a competitive market; you can't charge for shipping. Okay, I put quantity one, and then uh, I my average buy cost. And I'm just making the math. A work, but it's I put five dollars. It's you know five something, but it's, let's call it five dollars. My shipping costs again. It's a, probably more than five dollars. Probably not much more, but you know it could be as low as three fifty, as high as you know ten or fifteen or whatever it depends on what it is, like a jacket or something like that. So let's say shipping costs five bucks, and the miscellaneous cost I put ten cents, and that ten cents is for the mailer. Okay, um, my desired margin percentage is fifty percent. And it's in the category, and you'll have a drop-down list of categories, but everything else is – clothing is not listed as one of the categories they have, so I just put everything else, which is correct. I have a free insertion fee because I have a premium store, and I do promoted listings of 5%. So make no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Doing uh, a – you need to promote your listings on eBay – in order to in, in order to sell in the clothing market for sure, so five percent. You could be high as six six and a half percent. I just put five percent. Um, okay, and then I put top ten rated seller discount, and then under the payment, I'm under um, I'm under eBay management payments. So I choose eBay managed payments. Okay, so on a twenty five dollar item, I have uh, fourteen dollars and twenty one cents a cost. That's shipping the item cost itself, the miscellaneous and the fees, the fees are $4 and 11 cents. My net profit on that is $10 and 79 cents. So we talked about this, the buy, sell, double money, um, thing that I always follow. So, uh, so I spend five bucks, I make 10 bucks, right? Plus I get my five bucks back, which is great. Um, so I could sell it as low as 20 bucks and make my $5 back. But you know, who cares about that? I want to double my money. So, so, now to get a fifty percent margin, my I need to sell it at twenty nine dollars ninety four cents, so thirty bucks. You know it's a struggle sometimes to sell things at thirty bucks in the clothing market. I mean, even uh, probably jeans will get you there, um, but you're selling polos, you're going to routinely be fighting to get twenty five dollars. Uh, even button-down shirts, you're gonna, you probably get twenty-five bucks. But so, my, you know, I'm fighting for that twenty-five bucks. That's guess what's what I'm saying, right? Okay. So just burn that in your head here. My return, my net profit is ten dollars and seventy-nine cents. Okay. So now we're gonna go to my collectible. Okay. So you you'll have your collectible, your other thing that you're doing. So my buy it now price. Is twelve bucks. It's actually a little bit, probably more than twelve bucks, but I'm gonna say twelve bucks. Shipping price three ninety five. So I I charge for shipping. Wow, you could charge for shipping on collectibles. It's normal to charge for shipping on collectibles, not clothing. Okay, quantity one. Item cost fifty cents. That's how much my collectible cost me. Now I know what I'm doing, uh, largely, um, and you know, and we uh, we have an open we have an open economy here in Massachusetts, where I'm at right now, and um, and so I do go out hunting for these things, and I go to shows, um, specific shows for this collectible, which is where you need to find this stuff because that's the only place you're going to find really good stuff. You can find stuff on eBay too for it, and you you will find good stuff on eBay too. Let me stretch about, but you need to un, you're going to get a lot of sight unseen. So a lot of those fifty cent items, you're going to end up either selling it back to other collectors or you're going to, uh, and you're going to harvest out of those things. And I'll t- explain that process. Okay. And then, so my shipping cost is $3 and 49 cents. That's a first, that's a flat rate envelope. It's not flat rate. I'm sorry. It's a flat envelope. Uh, it's, but it's a, it's a hardback because that's what I put in there is a, it can't be bent. Um, and, um, so my, but I, I charge three my shipping cost is three forty nine. And then I have a miscellaneous cost of 23 cents, which is basically the envelope itself. All right. So, so in other words, I'm collecting three, I'm spending three seventy, three sixty, three seventy two, 360 72. And I'm just collecting three So I make, about uh, I'll make a quarter on each, right? Not a lot. Okay. <laughs> We're getting there. So let me go over the numbers with you. I'm in the category collectibles category. So I get a free insertion fee a premium store. My promoted listings 3%. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, you don't need a lot of people. A lot of YouTubers who are in this market. Um, they're not. They're not charging. They're not using uh, promoted listings. I, I do for now, probably it's a comfort level. But they said in their they case they price their stuff up and then they um, then they basically run sales all the time and it has the same effect. So I don't know if the three percent promoted listing is required, but that's what I'm doing anyway. Uh, same same other things. Top rated seller discount, and I do payment processing through uh, uh, through managed Payments. <laughs> So my net profit is $9 and 41 cents. So I got 1595 is the total proceeds. You know, 12 plus 395. My total cost is six bucks, 654 to be exact. My net profits profit 941, 941. What is my net profit on clothing? 1079. Okay. Are you getting the idea here? My net profit is very, it's only a dollar off. It's not even a dollar off. And think about all the pu- plus sides, okay? I could list this collectible. I could do 200 in a day in a, the best day, the best day with clothing. I've done 50, right? So we're talking f- f- for clothing, measuring, photographing, cataloging all the stuff, you know, all the flaws and things like that, Okay. And then shipping out the item, the whole bit. So I could do, f- or, or excuse me, listing the item, you know, racking it, putting the putting in the bag so that the bags go into the uh, to the inventory system, so that they go in someplace in my warehouse, so I can find it later on. Okay, fifty in a day versus two hundred, right? Stay with us; we'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? the five thousand items I have in my warehouse about 700 square foot square foot warehouse fits five thousand items I not only do I have those five thousand the five thousand items say that ten times fast I'm looking at my inventory behind me of the collectibles and I I have four shoe boxes they're filled there's only there's actually room for two thousand there so each shoe box holds about 500 hmm all right? You're getting it here. You're getting it. If I were to extrapolate the number of listings I could put in this warehouse, based on the size I have, I could put 500,000 items. Now, mind you, I'm never going to get to 500,000 items. I'd, you know, I'd probably be dead if I did that. Even at 200 a day, you just can't do it. But 50,000 items? Could you do 50,000 items or 75,000 or even 100,000 items? How much space would 100,000 items take in in my space? Okay, so space, number of listings, I more than make up the dollar profit, uh, the the dollar profit that I'm giving up from moving from clothing to collectibles. So the next subject, return rate. What is my return rate on clothing? What's your return rate on clothing? 4%. 4% is what my return rate is. Okay, how many questions do you have on clothing? Oh, quite a few. I'm sure you do too. What is the um, what is the number of cl- amounts of clothing that you find that there are a flaw that you didn't see when you were buying it? Mm, probably 50%. How much do you actually have to re-donate or return or whatever you do with the clothing you bought that's not good enough for sale? Well, that's probably, I don't know, probably two or three. If I go on a trip, I might uh, find buy a hundred items. I probably could find two or three that I shouldn't have bought. In my case, I use, I don't use those, um, as a, a, uh, something that I would sell. I would probably, I would just either return it if I could. Generally speaking, I've already taken off the tag and I discovered it during the photograph prof- process, but for the most part, I just either throw them away or redonate them because they are, they are wearable. They're just not necessarily sellable on the eBay platform, uh, for anything good. So, I mean, you're starting to see the picture here. What makes clothing great is because it's easy to find. But what makes clothing very difficult is that it's not scalable unless you get a bigger space with employees. And if you want to do that, that is not a problem. I would say that's definitely sustainable. There are very large clothes sellers out there, much larger than me. There's a guy that I just heard on uh, the uh, eBay podcast that, he didn't say number of listings but it sounded like he had a like 3,000 square foot warehouse and he had multiple employees and he was doing lots of things so i mean you know it's it's one of those situations where uh, he made the decision to scale up through uh, creating a larger company and that's fine i so i, I don't want to dissuade you And actually part of me doesn't want you to do what I'm doing because I don't really want competition as much, although there's plenty of competition out there anyway. So I'm, you know, I don't want to, uh, but I don't want to create a bunch of new, a new competition. So, I mean, find your own thing. Um, but find a thing you need to move to the next level. Clothing is something that's first level, uh, seller. So get out of that. or. Go big, one or the other, or be happy with uh, with what your income is going to be capped out at. That's why I think you see a lot of close sellers, big clothes sellers, uh, moving to YouTube and uh, other streams of income, because I think actually they're finding, and I've actually had a private conversation with one of them, and I won't tell you say who they are, but um, and they're saying that they're having trouble getting past the $150,000 mark. Um, now of course they're making a ton on YouTube. So there you can argue that, uh, they're becoming more of a YouTube, um, uh, entrepreneur than a eBay entrepreneur. Okay. The last thing is shipping. Well, actually packing and shipping. So in the clothing space, when you get an order, you have to go to your bin, Pull out the clothing, um, kind of relook really look at it, f- make sure that's the right one, and then fold it up, put it into a poly mailer, if it fits a poly mailer, depending on what it is. And then you got to go on eBay, and then you have to uh, ship it, okay? So... Uh, you have to buy a different size poly mailers. You have to actually go to the post office or, or have the post office mail you, um, some mailers uh, that they have for priority and flat rate and all that sort of stuff. You have to, uh, devise how to make a box for certain items, or you have to use a postage box, um, that they provide, um, and, uh, you end up going to the um you can end up going to the post office and ups and so on with uh, lots of boxes and lots of bags and you have to go through and you have to scan them or have either scan them or give them for the for them to scan you have to do that kind of stuff it takes a long time uh, in the collectibles market i have one size envelope i use first class postage and for the big ones i actually for, when i say the big ones for the big dollar ones i actually um, I actually do priority, but I same mailer though, but I, I pay the priority price, so it's insured. And then I basically walk in with a handful, probably you know ten to twenty uh, now, uh, but ten to twenty envelopes, and then I um, go in and I scan them and put them in the metered um, the metered box. So in other words, I'm instead of putting in the parcel box, you you go to the meter box where it says metered mail, and you put them in there. Uh, I don't know if it's supposed to go in there, but they take it and it gets delivered, and I have no problem. So I think they they end up putting it. But the nice thing is, is that you could, you could it's faster. I guess that's really the, the end point. Is that I put you know I basically look at my my uh, what I need to my inventory and what I need to send, and then I basically just pull them and put them in envelopes and pass them out. I I could, I could do it ten times faster, um, and I'm starting to sell. My sell through rate's fine, so. So on that subject of sell-through rate, what is my sell-through rate with this? So I have 600 items, and I have plenty more inventory I need to list, but I have 600 items listed right now, roughly. And uh, I have sold 44 this month. That is a 6.7% sell-through rate, okay? So my total sell-through rate is about eight, uh, 8.5% in clothing, roughly. So I'm selling faster. I'm selling more clothes, percentage-wise. Uh, than I am per month, than I am uh, collectible, right? And so if you go into baseball cards, for instance, and if you know what you're doing, it's different. You can, you, you know, your sell-through rate can be 25%. It's, I mean, depending on what it is. or um, But my total sell-through rate has really never been more than 8.5% um, since I've go- gotten big. When you're small, it was different, right? You could sell just as much. So I guess my point is it's 6.5% is 6.7%, excuse me, almost six and three quarters percent is actually, um, fine. Right. So especially if you have, um, if I could fit, you know, a hundred thousand listings, which is my limit in, for my store. Um, and, uh, you know, a hundred thousand listings at six and a half percent. I mean, that's 67 or six, 6.75%, excuse me, that's 6,750, uh, sales a month. All right. So if you do that times, uh, what your net profit is? Start doing that math. I mean, that's sixty thousand a month. That's a lot of money, right? That's a hell of a lot more than uh, you know the inventory that I would have right now. I mean, if I had a hundred thousand listings of clothing, yeah, of course I'd be making more money. But think about the labor costs and all the, the you know. you're you're talking you're talking to multiple employees in large space, 100,000 listings. So that's a 10,000 square foot warehouse probably. I mean, so you start adding the costs and I guess your net profit really kind of goes down. You know, your gross profit. So those numbers I gave you before is really gross profit. That's all before the, uh, you know, my expenses, right? You know, rent and insurance and all that sort of stuff. So think about that. Just think of those numbers. Okay, let's talk about the last subject in this. Cross-listing. If you sell clothing, you must cross list, right? You have to. If you don't cross list, your sell through rate goes way down. Matter of fact, if I pulled out Mercari and Poshmark and Grailed um, and uh, just looked at what my sell through rate just for eBay, it wouldn't be 8.5%. It would probably be more, probably the 5% or 6%, probably. That's a guess. I didn't do the numbers, but let's call it 6%. So, really, honestly, uh, it's you know, your what I'm doing with the collectibles is just about the same sell-through rate as as eBay um, for uh, for clothing, right? So it's consistent. So the number, I guess, what I'm saying is the numbers add up. You know, you, you can start seeing, you know, in a much smaller space how what you're going to have to do. Now, mind you, if I'm selling six thousand, um, you know, sixty seven hundred uh, items a month, I, I need to have a person that does full time shipping you know, and I have to do full-time listing. So let's, you know, there are, there are costs associated with that. I don't want to, I don't want to just to, uh, go down the primrose path that, uh, that, you know, you can do this all yourself. You know, you still need to hire inventory. You still need to hire people to, to, to scan items. You need to have them, uh, ship items and so on you have to, and you'll never be able to go away without an employee anyway, uh, on vacation, unless you shut down your store and you don't want to do that. But the cross-listing piece, that's the, that's the reason why you're, I was always limited to maximum 50 of 50 listings a day uh, when I was doing this on my own. And then when I used uh, outside labor – I could still do the 50 a day, but I would have time to do this podcast. As a matter of fact, when I first started this podcast, um, the reason why I was able to is because I had, um, I had the guys at hammock doing my work, um, the stuff with collectibles, I wouldn't have them do that. There's just too many variables, uh, in the listing. So you have to have, like I said, knowledge and I can't, um, give them that knowledge. It's just something that they're not capable of doing. Um, but in the clothing space, they're great. You know, actually, and I think most of their clients—I don't know if all of their clients, but most of clients—do um, uh, clothing. As a matter of fact, I think even Hammock has their own eBay store that does clothing. Um, but again, list perfectly, perfect example. If you don't cross list, you don't need list perfectly, right? List perfectly is great for inventory um, management, and the reporting is getting much better. It was not great in the beginning, but it's pretty good now. Um, and I think that if you if you have if you're going to cross list, you need to do it because that's what, that's what you can do uh, with list perfectly. That is the th- reason why you get list perfectly. Um, and, and it's great to doing it. So like I said, if you're going to be in clothing. You need uh, list perfectly and hammock. Uh, the two things that I would suggest you get right um, now. I mean, you don't need either of those now. How am I going to say this? So in the collectible that I Uh, focus on, there are websites that also sell that collectible and it's necessary to be on those websites in addition to eBay. Uh, But the ones I've found so far um, automatically have a uh, link just like Bonanza does. If you're, so if you're familiar with Bonanza, Bonanza has an automatic syncing of ebay and bonanza which is great right and i sell a few things a year i mean not a lot on bonanza you have to have a membership to really sell a lot in bonanza but most people don't sell a ton on bonanza but you know it's a freebie why not do it right so you this the websites that i focus on do that automatically so in other words i don't need to use list perfectly to cross list it does it automatically and that's it and um Mercari has announced a, uh, a pro program that they talk about having a sync automatically with eBay inventory. So if that's the case, then really uh, the only reason for this perfectly would be if you want to go on Poshmark and Grailed and all the others that they go on and which is fine, you know. So and I actually, to be honest with you, if they had a specific website that didn't have uh, a, an automatic sync with ebay i probably would still use this perfectly for this but i just use too many listings and list perfectly would probably slow me down what i'm using right now is basically just ebay ebay templates and it's working great um and i have been experimenting with looking at sell Sellbright or you yeah, know and sell is a um uh it is a almost like a turbo lister or a speed lister uh for ebay um but the syncing feature of it uh, unless you're gonna sell um these collectibles on etsy which um, I don't think is a viable thing uh, because of the costs on Etsy um, that you would um, even bother. but Sellbrite does have some really advanced inventory things, which I think is what I'm looking for. okay so you know to me, I guess what I'm saying is I'm just stacking up the the case against selling clothing once you get to a certain level. Five thousand is when I found found that I just can no longer maintain multiple stores, you know, uh, eBay, Macari, Poshmark, and so on. It just, even with the, the, uh, delisting features that list perfectly has, it just got too big of a job for me. And it really kind of, and I did a podcast on this before it took over my life and you just don't want that to be, that's not, that's not why you go into business for yourself, right? You go into your business because you want to focus, on making cash and then when you go home, you are with your family. I mean, you know we're not you know unless you want to grow really, really big and you know be just like if you were to have a regular job. but but that was not the point. My point though is, is that really you you need to uh, start looking at other ways to grow. So what am I going to do about clothing? Well, that's easy. So I' am all the clothing that I have in my warehouse, I, uh, I'm going to keep it and then still sell it, you know. Uh, and as as I sell it, I'll delist it using list perfectly um, because it's sunk. It's a sunk cost. I've already done the work. So if I were to actually now just say, you know, come out and buy my inventory, uh, I would have to sell it at a discount and all that labor that I put in over the past, you know, two years uh, would be uh, lost. It would basically be written off. Um, so what I am, but I, what I am going to do, is I'm going to stop buying inventory. So I have five, uh, uh so I, I say a rack of stuff to be listed clothing. Uh, it's like 50 items. So a day's worth of work. I do need to do that. I'm not going to cross list it. Uh, actually I probably will cross list it, but I have about 50 and once that 50 is done, that's it. I'm not buying anymore. No more trips to, to uh goodwill. No more trips to, uh, to savers and all the others. No more. And as it sells, I will just ship it out ship it out. And I'm still selling tons because eBay only cares if you do listings. They don't really care what you list. As long as those listings kind of add to your inventory, they're going to still promote your stuff because you're a growing store, right? So uh, I'm just going to sell it and sell it and sell it. And then sometime, probably in the September timeframe, I'm going to sell whatever's left in my inventory, in uh, clothing. I'm just going to sell it to a, an eBayer and I'll sell it at cost. So they get great inventory and they could sell it. And then I'm going to move on. Cause I remember I'm moving <laughs> to a new place and, uh, and, uh, um, it's in Florida and I'm in Massachusetts and sticking a 700 square foot, uh, warehouse into a massive truck and take it down. It's going to cost me about, you know, three, three to 10 grand, 3000. If I drive, 10, 10 grand if somebody else drives. So, so to me, I'd rather just sell the inventory for the seven, eight, nine thousand dollars which is probably my predictive um, number it's going to be worth at the time and then just move on. And then basically you do a, rent a panel truck for four $500 and drive it down to Florida myself, just like I did when I moved to Texas from Texas here to Massachusetts and then just stick it in the panel truck and go, um, that's, my exit strategy and then basically sell the furniture and fixtures of my warehouse and then just keep a couple racks for me, uh, in my new place and grow, grow, grow. Anyway, that's a lot of information. We went a little bit long. I said usually about 30 minutes on this, uh, podcast, but we're at 35 ish now. Um, so anyway, I want you to, uh, you know, think about this and you have any thoughts on it. Let me know. And if you um, you know keep an eye on my store, and you'll see you start to see less and less clothing on it. Um, all the other principles I've talked to you about over the past you know six six months I've been doing this or five months whatever it is um, still apply. You know you still want to have a website, you still want to you know uh, have a, a Instagram presence and so on. Uh, all that stuff still applies. As a matter of fact, even more so probably. Uh, and so you know carry on with that talking about websites visit our website at www.oldfashionedmike.com to take a look at anything show related and uh please also support our sponsors uh list perfectly hammock you know uh uh, resale genie let me say what else um sale who all of them Support them because that helps support this podcast. But as you know, I don't make money off this podcast. It only goes to expenses. And I assure you, I'm not getting rich. So off the podcast anyway. So thank you very much for joining. And we will see you real soon. Bye. The episode has ended, but your journey towards turning your reselling hobby into a business doesn't have to head on over to old for more information and tips on running a successful reselling business. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. So you don't miss an episode until next time.